Don't be scared. Break is ready. Let's go. I am your host, Chris DeBacker, and joining me is a guy who reminds us all of a toothless vampire. He's seductively good-looking, yet still a little dark and scary, but when he smiles, you can see he's not dangerous at all. He's just a good guy, and actually, he is so good, it is impossible for him to suck. It's Count Blakemore. And joining us live in studio, he's often mistaken for Frankenstein. He's a man of few words. He's always on the lookout for his bride. This guy is freakishly strong, and he is an absolute monster. It's my guy, Frankencropper. <laughs> What's happening, Joe? I am terrified. That's, <laughs> that's a awesome. new one. I haven't heard any of those before. That's that's pretty good. Our email address is breakisready at gmail.com. Breakisready at gmail.com. We love to get those emails, so send one on in. That would be great. And that's a, you have to pardon me. I have a little bit of a cold, so I'm going to sound a little raspy today, gentlemen. Ooh, good word of the day, raspy. <laughs> Ironically, that's not today's word of the day. <laughs> but thank you for the reminder. Today's word is regale. Do you know what that means? Yeah. What does it mean? We're going to regale you with these incredible stories yeah. of your strength and masculinity. Okay. Well, okay. It's to entertain or amuse by telling stories, describing experiences... As yeah, example, yeah. he regaled his party guests with his stories of his adventures or his spooky stories, maybe. Ooh, I like that. There you go. Regale. Well, guys, we have a few days of the week to celebrate this week. The first one we have is Wombat Day. Joe, do you know what a wombat is by chance? You know, I've heard that word before, but I don't think I know what it means. So it's a marsupial. Do you know oh, what a marsupial is? Yeah, it's like a kangaroo koala bear kind of thing. Absolutely. Perfect. Native to Australia. Yes. Do you know what marsupial... We only have one in North America. Do you know what it is, Joe? They, I, don't think, I don't think I do. They li, I'll give you a clue real quick. They live in trees. They eat a lot of ticks. They're not very attractive looking. They're kind of weird looking, actually. Sounds like somebody well, you might be interested in, Joe. <laughs> I was going to say squirrels, but they're pretty... Uh, they're, that's kind of that, cute. That's not correct. I think squirrels are kind of cute. Yeah. yeah. Possum. Oh, really? It's a marsupial. Yeah. Did you, I didn't know this. Looking at these, 18 to 25 babies about the size of a bee is what they have when they have their babies. Wow. So gross. They are Everything about gross. a possum is just the most disgusting creature that God ever created. You don't want to kill them, though. I mean, raccoons you might want to take out if they're getting in your trash, but but possums are actually the really, the really good animal for our environment. They yeah. eat a lot of bad stuff. It's too bad the raccoons are cute and the possums are ugly. Yeah, too bad. I do have one interesting wombat fact. Did you know wombats poop in cubes? How does that happen? How I does that know. happen? How does it happen? I'm not, ask a wombat. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I know for a fact. Picture like a little sugar cube, right, that you'd put in your coffee or whatever. That's what their poop looks like. Maybe not white and crystally, but in that shape. Huh. So there you go. Interesting, right? Very interesting. <laughs> wow. Very. wow. Curious minds want to know these things. There's my wombat. I'm, that exhausts all of my wombat trivia. That's all I know. Keeping the theme of animals, it's Plush Animals Lover's Day. Did you ever have any animals when you were plush animals when you were? Oh, like, like stuffed animals? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, I had a whole collection of stuffed animals when I was a kid. Have you seen the new Squishmallows? Are your kids, are your daughters in the oh, Squishmallows? I've got a daughter that absolutely loves them. Why? I, I don't I don't know. I don't get the whole thing. I mean, they're different, right? They they're all different. have different names and they're... What are they? I've never heard of that. Well, they're a plush animal or a plush... Pillow. Yeah. Animal. And you squish them and it's like almost, it's kind of like memory foam. 
and they're all different. I, I'm totally making this up, but it's like Charlie the Caterpillar or something. Or is it like Beanie Babies B- from Bob the 90s? The yeah, kind, except kind they're, of, yeah. they're small ones. There's bigger ones that are like the size of a small pillow. Well, you know that, that there's urban legend that Teddy Bear came from Theodore Roosevelt when he was out hunting and saw a bear and decided not to shoot it. The story was written in the newspaper. A person who made plush animals saw it and said, I'm going to make a bear animal and call it a teddy bear. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I I knew he was, that was named after him. I wasn't sure of the backstory. Yeah. Unrelated to plush animals is punk for a day. <laughs> punk we were, we were, for a day. We were going to play music and see if you knew punk music. Did you know, <laughs> did you listen to any punk when you were a kid? Definitely not. <laughs> no? Did you re- no, I was, I was not. Were you, were you allowed to listen to it or no? Uh, probably not. Could you even name a punk rock band? No. Joe, I'm so glad you can't name a punk rock band. <laughs> We're going to test you a little bit here, okay. Joe. All right. You don't really know your plush animals. You don't know your punk rock band. So I would be led to think it'd be difficult for you to tell the difference between mm. a company that makes plush animals and a punk rocker, a punk okay. rock band. That's probably you, accurate. You feel up for that? I'll feel I'll give it a try. You know, there's some some that are pretty easy to distinguish, right? So there's a there's a company out there called Bunnies by the Bay. What do you think they are? Bunnies by the Bay. And that's probably one of those toy companies, right? Yeah, it's a plush animal plush company. Animal. That's the word. And then you've got a band like Dead Rabbits, right? <laughs> that's that's clearly a punk rock band. Clearly. <laughs> so, you know, Bunnies by the Bay, stuffed animals. Okay. Dead Rabbits, punk band. Some of them aren't quite as easy to distinguish. So I'm going to give you a few. You tell me punk rock or plush toy. All right, let's okay. do it. Here we go. Suzy Sue. Punk rock band. That's a punk rocker. You got Ooh, it, man. Right. She is as punk rock as you can get. <laughs> that's good. Jelly cat. Jelly cat. I think that's a plush animal. You are so good, Joe. You are so good. Regale me with your stories and how you know this. <laughs> Magnapop. Magnapop. You know, I'm going to go punk rock. You're three for three. Ooh. Unreal. Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. I feel like I'm going to go plush on that one. Mm. Is it no, punk Scott? rock? Punk rock. Yeah, oh. he's a punk rocker. Iggy Pop. All right, here we go. Backyard Babies. Uh, let's go plush on that one. <laughs> That's a punk oh, band. come on. Right? They're tough. Chico. This one's got to be plush. This is a plush toy. All That's right. right. Yeah, right. exactly. Ebba. Ebba. Not to be confused with Abba. Not Abba, right? There you go. Uh, I'm going to go punk rock. Abba's a plush toy. Oh, come on. Exploding white mice. Wow. <laughs> that is definitely punk rock. That's a punk. Right. That one was a little easier. All right. Fingerlings. 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 Right. You know, I'm going to go plush on that right. one. There are these little things you can stick on your finger. So there, there you go. All right. And the last one here, Huggy Bear. Huggy Bear, that's definitely punk rock. That is a punk band. Yeah. Wow. Way to go. Right. Wow. Right. How, do you, how are you so confident on Huggy Bear? It, it just sounded kind of anti-punk so therefore it's got to be a punk okay that's good i like the way you think smart joe is joe <laughs> never fails to impress on these if we were still doing push-ups joe there wouldn't be Ooh. push-ups for you well in the season of halloween we can't do the show and not have something that relates to halloweenish or ghoulishness right so we also have howl at the moon day which seems pretty fitting during this october season so howl at the moon you know you can think of what do you think of when you think of howling at the moon wolves you know, werewolves, werewolves, right? Is that what we're celebrating here is the the wolves? The wolf and just mythology and being out. Howl at the moon day. We also have Frankenstein Day. Did you know 
Well, Frankenstein is not the actual monster, right? It's Dr. Frankenstein created the monster. Very good. Look at you, Mr. Yeah. Trivia. Yeah. That's pretty good. Do you know more trivia about Frankenstein? Uh, no. All right. Now we, we hit the jackpot. <laughs> Let's find out what Joe knows about. You are Frankenstein. You're Frankenkrupper. <laughs> You've got to know. Who wrote the classic novel that you claim to know so much about Frankenstein? Who wrote it? Who wrote you don't, it? You don't know? It's not Mark Twain. <laughs> I was thinking Mark Twain, but I knew that wouldn't be right. I don't know. Let me give you some multiple choice. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, here we go. Multiple choice. Marie Sheldon, Sherry Melville, Sheldon Mary, Mary Shelley. None of the above. <laughs> One of the above. One of the above. All of our book lovers are going crazy right now, Joe. They know it. They're they're cheering you on. Yeah, for a guy who doesn't read, uh, this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to say Sherry Mary. I know it's not right. Sherry Mary wasn't a choice. <laughs> Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. Oh, I was pretty close. You were close. They were all, all right. pretty close. Mary Shelley. That's probably what I meant to say. What was the title of the 1935 sequel of Frankenstein? Okay, was it The Revenge of Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, The Curse of Frankenstein, or Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> I'm going to safely say it's not Top Gun Maverick, which right. is a great movie, by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with The Bride of Frankenstein. You are right. Is it really? The Bride of Frankenstein. Right. That's it, Joe. Way to like go. I've, I feel like I've heard of that before. Bride of Frankenstein. He was after a woman. That's right. In The Bride of Frankenstein, Joe, Frankenstein's last words before he killed himself and his bride were, choice number one, don't you ever listen. I told you I wanted chips with my sandwich. Okay. Sounds like it could be something, okay. right? I am malicious because I am miserable. We belong dead. We belong to the light. We belong to the thunder. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to say B. I forget what you said that on that one, but I am malicious because I'm yes. miserable. I am malicious because I am miserable. That sounds like something that would be from them back then. He did say that. He did say that, but it actually is. We belong dead. Oh, okay. Right. We belong to the light. We belong to the thunder. Of course, that's the great Pat Benatar that gave us that line. Last one, Joe Frankenstein came to life when he received what? A summons for jury duty. Backstage passes to the Hollywood vampires concert. True love's kiss. A jolt of electricity. A jolt of electricity, for sure. There you go. You got it. Joe right. knows his Frankenstein trivia. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Joe. What else do we know about Frankenstein? was written in 1823. Wow. At least that's when it was credited to Mary Shelley. was written in part as a challenge to a group of friends that challenged each other to write something that would be scary and gory. Back in 1823, they were thinking of this. Actually, it was 1818 was when it was first published. But 1823 was when it was accredited to Mary. It's considered to be the first science fiction novel ever written. So it came out of a challenge. A challenge. And you would think, it would, in my mind, it would be a short story. But she came out with it. I mean, it's a novel. That's a long book. And believe it or not, you can get on Spotify and you can listen to the whole book for free on Spotify if you want to listen to Frankenstein. No, that's, that's perfect for this time of year. That, yeah. That's awesome. What was the monster made of, Joe? Do you know what Dr. Victor Frankenstein made Frankenstein the monster out of? Hmm. I want to say some kind of animal parts. No, dead dead humans. Dead, oh, dead well, human parts. <laughs> Took them and put them all together and <laughs> jolted them with electricity. Okay. Just kind of stitched them together. Yeah. It's National Nut Day. Do you have a particular nut that's your favorite? You know, I do like 
peanuts, salted peanuts. Those, or, are, the, those are the worst nut for you, by the way. I know, but the honey roasted peanuts. But actually, I do like, I had a little bought this thing of honey roasted almonds. So good. So good. Why, why are peanuts bad for you? I thought any nut was supposed to be like, had all the good. Fake news. Cholesterol and. Peanuts are not the best. They're the seed. They're a seed, but they're, they're like toxic almost to you. You really shouldn't eat peanuts. What? If you want, if you want to eat no a kidding. nut, you should eat things like walnuts. Well, I was going to give you the best ones to about, eat. If you what want about almonds? Almonds are okay. good. Almonds, pistachios, mm. walnuts. Those would be your best three nuts to eat. Any nut in sugar, Joe's going to like, right? Mm. Oh, I mean, sure. he like, I mean, he just likes his sweets. So any I nut do. in sugar, I do. he's going to like. We also have National Greasy Food Day. Mm. This who is more. Who doesn't love greasy food? Mm. What's your favorite greasy food? I mean, give me a good butter burger from Culver's or any kind of smash burger. I mean, give me some uh, onion rings, deep fried onion rings. Ooh. There's this place that we've stopped when we travel on vacation, heading to Florida. We stop in Atlanta. It's a diner that's been around for decades. It's called the Varsity. They serve the best diner food. It is so good going down and you feel it for the rest of the night. Right? <laughs> they have those they have those onion rings. They have the burgers, they've got the hot dogs with the chili and oh man, that's just it's the best. And that's the best part about the greasy food is it tastes so good. That fried food, nothing like it. Yummy. Buffalo wings, cheese curds, Philly's cheesesteak. How do we miss bacon? Oh, bacon. We've talked about that before on the show. Bacon has got to be the king of all greasy foods. Of course, the way you make it, Joe, you make some fantastic bacon, not necessarily greasy, but that's yeah, some if good you smoke stuff. it in the smoker for a long time and, uh, you know, put some sugar on it, <laughs> make it nice <laughs> of and course, sweet. Of course. <laughs> or maple. Good stuff. Add sugar. That's how Joe cooks. <laughs> Add sugar. Needs, needs, more, <laughs> needs more sugar. So speaking of greasy foods, though, and it can upset your stomach and make you feel a little bit not good later, we have World Tripe Day. Do you know what tripe is? Is that a fish? Well, actually, there is a version of tripe that's you would count okay. as a fish. But traditionally thinking, do you know what tripe traditionally is known as? I have no idea. It's the edible lining of a cow stomach. Oh, no, thank you. I'll pass. You'll pass. Oh, throw some sugar on it. <laughs> fry it up. Smoke that it. That would be good. With some <laughs> sugar. Canned tripe. You know what? Listen, I looked for tripe in my local store, Joe, because I wanted you to try it today. <laughs> Lucky for you, you can't find it. Well, it might end up in bologna. I'm sure it is in bologna. It, it probably is in bologna. We just don't know it. But, you know, speaking of bologna, it is National Bologna Day. It, they go together. Do you like bologna? No. I've never been a bologna guy. No fried bologna sandwiches? Well, okay. You fry it up. <laughs> you fry it up and I could eat some bologna. But just to slice, you know, give me a slice of bologna. Who knows what's in that? I, I've just never been a fan. I agree. But Os Oscar Mayer... Right? They claim to have this fantastic bologna. Remember that whole commercial? My bologna has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. Come oh, on, Joe. Oh, keep going. My bologna has a second name. It's M-A-Y-E-R. Everybody loves to eat it every day. And if you ask me why, I'll say... Because Oscar Mayer has a way with B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Oh, wow. That is great. Yeah, that's from my childhood. There you go. So that kind of makes you feel like you should want bologna, but I don't know if you see how it's made. Yeah, I never, yeah. I never was a good speller either, so that's why I didn't know the words of the song. <laughs> Here's what makes bologna is the seasoning. You are correct. It could be a lot of different meats, beef, turkey, venison, chicken, parts, etc. A lot of things can go into it, but there is a combination of spices that makes bologna bologna. Here's what they are. Nutmeg, black pepper, coriander, allspice, 
celery seed, and the secret ingredient, myrtle berries. And that's what makes it bologna, apparently. Yeah. And those are all good spices. I don't know what myrtle berries are, but can you imagine what bologna would taste like if they didn't have the spice? <laughs> National First Responders Day. Guys, I have a little rule with myself that when I'm in public and I see someone who's served in military and they have a cap on that says like USS whatever, or Marines or Korean War, I try to stop if I am able to and say thank you for your service because I've seen firsthand how much that impacts people who have served and they just appreciate someone appreciating that they served. I have not done that with first responders. However, I think I probably should. And when I see police officers or we see EMS technicians or we see firefighters, we just say, hey, thank you for serving the public, right? So that would be one way to celebrate National First Responders Day. I also have a little policy that when I see a fire truck or a police officer or a ambulance driving towards something, we don't always know where they're going, but you know, they're coming and we pull over and they go past us. I stop and say a prayer, just say, hey, God, be with those guys as they're in gals, as they're going to take care of whatever situation and be with the people who are in the situation that they're coming to help, right? So it's just a little prayer or whatever. One time that happened here at work, I heard an ambulance go by and I said a little prayer. And then like three minutes later, my phone rang and it was for my son who had fallen off the monkey bars and broken his arm. I kind of was glad that I said a prayer no for that. And I was like, okay, so I, now I keep doing it because it was for my kid at one time. And, you know, it's probably for someone else's kid or family member. And I should, we should try to remember them in our prayers, keep everybody I, safe. But I love that idea. I always think whenever I hear whatever kind of siren it is, I always, I, I'll even tell my family this. I'll say that somebody's life just changed with this. Regardless of what it is, somebody's life just changed pretty drastically today. Thanks for regaling us with that, Scott. That was good stuff. You're welcome. Speaking of first responders, they do pretty important work, right? It's pretty meaningful, pretty important. So this is the quote I have to close us out with. Far and away, the best prize that life has to offer is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. Far and away, the best prize that life has to offer is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. And I'm going to give you a clue before you give me a guess here. He was the father of the modern U.S. Navy. Or he's considered the father of the modern U.S. Navy. It's going to be Vanderbilt. No. <laughs> he made ships. He's not the father of the Navy, though. Vanderbilt. It's not Vanderbilt. Okay. Next clue. Next clue. He was the first sitting president to leave the country. So we need a president who was a sailor. First president to leave the country. Father of the U.S. Navy, is that what you said? Modern U.S. Navy. Modern U.S. Considered Navy. the father of the modern U.S. Navy. I'm going to say James Madison. Was not James Madison. Thomas Jefferson. It was not Thomas Jefferson. John Adams. Next clue. We're, we're bound to hit it, right? <laughs> George he Washington. Was, he was the youngest president in U.S. history. John F. Kennedy. Nope. <laughs> he was the first president to leave the United States. <laughs> Beautiful. A rocket ship to the moon. <laughs> it's um, John Quincy Adams. Oh, no, that's okay. not John That'd Quincy awesome. Adams. Because isn't wasn't there a John? Yeah, John Adams and then John Quincy Adams. Yeah, there were like two nephew okay. or something. He does. This president does. I didn't give you this in a clue. Has something related to those two presidents? Ooh. Related to Harvard, a group that he was a part of in Harvard. But I didn't put that as a clue. Related to Harvard, Woodrow Wilson did something at Harvard, didn't he? 
I thought you guys would have it by now. Sorry. Really? I, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, wow. I this thought you would know the youngest, US, the youngest president in history. I wasn't sure. I just thought You're, that you might. He was the first president to win a Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, man, Joe. We, uh, our, this is awful that we don't know this. Old-time president. Who is it? I have no idea. Martin Van Buren. I kind of gave you a clue to think the modern U.S. Navy. Youngest president. But the first guy to leave the country, didn't first, it? First president. I couldn't believe that when I read it. I couldn't believe he was the first one to actually to leave, leave the country the as country president. As president. To do a visit somewhere. So it's after Abraham Lincoln. It's got to be somebody in the 1900s. He actually saw Abraham Lincoln's funeral procession. No. So a president from the you know late 1800s, early 1900s. That's a that's a tough one. Yeah, Howard Taft. I'm going to say Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. Teddy Roosevelt. And the last one was he was blind in one eye after boxing injury at the White House. Would you have guessed that one? No. Okay. no. I knew he was a tough guy. He's a tough guy. Yeah, he was blind in one eye from boxing in the White House. And it detached his retina and he was blind in one eye. He quit boxing after that. Didn't he wear the, the monocle? Right? He, he wore might the, have. I wonder yeah. if that had something to do with that. Or maybe. maybe I'm just, maybe he wore the little small glasses. I can't remember. Or is that Mr. Peanut that wore the monocle? <laughs> getting my facts so confused. Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney. I don't know. Teddy so, Roosevelt. He was he the guy too? Did he say speak softly and carry a big stick? Was that did. him? He did. Okay. Here, I was yeah. gonna give you a couple more of his okay. his quotes that he's famous what for. Do what you can with what you have where you are. He's pretty famous for that one. This one you'll know. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. That's Remember? him. That's Teddy Roosevelt. That's I had Teddy no Roosevelt. idea. Yep. If you could kick the person in the pants responsible for most of your trouble, you wouldn't sit for a month. <laughs> that is a great point. That I is would a great not. That's point. awesome. That's yeah. a great. That's a great point. So he was he was the father of the modern U.S. Navy. He actually left the U.S. to go to Panama for the mm -hmm. Panama Canal opening, right? Which helped join the two oceans, obviously, and helped our Navy really become all it could be. And then he was the youngest president in U.S. history at forty-two after William McKinley was assassinated, and he kind of got there by accident because. He wanted to be in politics, but nobody liked him. And they just said, so we'll put you on McKinley's ticket. But they didn't expect McKinley would be assassinated, obviously. And then he assumed presidency. And then he won again. He was done in 1909. He was the first president to win a Nobel Peace Prize. And he was, as I said, he was blind in one eye from a boxing injury. So, yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. And I did not know he was the youngest president. Yeah, 42. Interesting. And the peace, I'm surprised about the Peace Prize, because I've always known him and the stories that I've had regaled to me <laughs> were that he was a tough guy. Like he was just a, he was kind of a mean, no nonsense kind of guy, but maybe that's what it took wherever. I don't know what he won his peace prize for, but maybe that's the kind of leader it took to get that acknowledgement. He, he won his peace prize for getting Japan and Russia to attend a peace conference. So okay. helping bring peace between those two countries. And he was an outdoorsman, great conservationist, was told he should live a sedentary life because he had some heart issues. He would die young. And he said, I would rather die doing what I want to do versus sitting here doing nothing. And so he, he did become a very big outdoorsman, very tough, rugged individual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then obviously he was a hunter and he passed on the bear and we got teddy bears. It was so. sitting right in front of me. It was and right I there, guys. just overlooked it. It was there. For what did I say? Martin Van Buren? What did <laughs> Martin Van Buren ever give us? Right? Kind of like a possum. What did they do for us? What did they do for me? I can't believe it. That, that was a good one. Nice work, Scott. 
You bet. Well, hey, guys, that's the show. So thanks for listening. And remember, be curious, be bold, and be yourself. We'll be back in a week. Hang on. I screwed up. What? It's not Lon Chaney. (laughs) It's Boris Karloff. Yes. Right. Yes. I was right in your face, sucker. I screwed up. (laughs) Can we redo that question? No. It's not Lon Chaney. Lon Chaney did play Frankenstein a little bit later. He did. Not the 1931. It was Boris. Boris Karloff. Yes. Come on, Boris. I knew it. I'm such an idiot. I'm, I quit. I quit life. <laughs> we don't want you to do that. We will die. What, what do they say again? We shall die. <laughs> no. We are it's dead. the way I feel right now. We belong dead. <laughs> we belong, I belong dead. dead right now. We be now. dead long time. I'm still in disbelief that I messed up Boris Karloff. <laughs> Boris okay. Karloff. It's okay. No one's going to know that you messed oh, it up. Oh, somebody I will. Somebody's going to say, this. these guys are, they don't know what they're talking about. Lon Chaney.